0: This is Akshansh
1: and welcome to episode number four of Are You Bored Yet? A podcast about a lot of different things, but essentially all things pop culture.
0: Yep, And today we have an interesting movie we want to talk about. It's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, Not a very mainstream movie, I would say. Uh, French joint, which was released, I believe, in 2018, 2019. Somewhere in there, I
1: think it was going around, yeah, around those times, like doing the film festival circuits in 2018 and 19, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I guess the same year as Parasite, and uh, yeah, they... and
1: I think it also shares
0: a distributor with Parasite. Yep, it's the same distributor, they got lucky, <laughs> um, or they're just really good at their jobs, that too, yeah. Um, and then it's it's uh. It's an interesting story. It's I don't know how I would classify the story. Some have labeled it as queer cinema. Some have called it a love story. Um, some may even just call it French cinema. Yeah, or some have just been like, "Oh, that's French." It's uh, the
1: mystery that is French cinema. Uh,
0: yeah, but I, I, I don't think I ever saw anyone eating baguettes or well, I did see people drinking wine. Uh, there was a lot of painting. Um, mm-hmm that's pretty much it. Uh, the movie itself is, is uh, something I enjoyed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the writing, the acting, the directing, everything was just on par with, I would say, Parasite and even better and in some respects. And I, I was quite surprised that it wasn't nominated for an Oscar till I read about the fact that um, the French Film Association or whatever they're called, they didn't, didn't really... Um, so, it. yeah, exactly. The, their nomination for uh, the Oscar uh, was um, a completely different film. I think it was Les uh, which was released that year. And and they pushed that instead of Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which to me is baffling. Like, why wouldn't you put the best movie? To be- that,
1: yeah. Yeah, to be clear, is this the same uh, *Les Misérables* as uh, the one with Hugh Jackman and uh, all those guys?
0: Not the one with Wolverine, but I think this is like a French production, and mm-hmm. I don't know. They must have been. Fiancé. I think
1: it was like set in modern day or something. Right? Probably,
0: yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 sort of escaped, um, I guess, the attention of a regular viewer probably in some Mm -hmm. cases because a lot of the people I've talked to haven't even heard of the movie, which is crazy Mm -hmm. because for me, I think it
1: deserves a wider audience. Oh,
0: definitely. It's, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, like at this point. Yeah.
1: That's huge praise.
0: It is, it is crazy good. And then we're going to dive into what the movie is about, what we liked about the movie. uh, And just before we do that, I want to address the fact that listeners might hear birds chirping in the background and that's just the birds here on my end uh i've asked them to fuck off but they haven't so yeah this is just we're gonna just shove like subtle nature down your throat so yeah
1: it's fine it's okay it's spring Akshansh. let let the birds chirp let let the plants whatever do their thing okay Yeah. yeah we we will do our thing
0: okay yeah on that note okay let's let's start uh ame what did you like about the movie And then even before that, let's actually do a quick summary of
1: it. Yeah, let's do a quick summary of the movie first before we dive into it. So, um, summarize the movie real quick. Uh, The movie is basically about this lady who hires a painter to make a portrait of her daughter. um, Because they didn't really have uh, wedding pictures back then. Like, You couldn't send a picture of your daughter to a prospective groom. And, yeah, he couldn't, like, do the thing and, uh, I don't know, go ahead with the process or not. So they had to make these elaborate portraits. So they hired this uh, painter to make a portrait of her daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she shows up to uh, this uh, villa, like, uh, around the seaside in Brittany, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it actually follows uh, the relationship between the painter and the subject of the painting, Heloise, Mm -hmm. and uh, the painter's name, uh, what was it again? Uh, Marianne. Marianne. Yeah. So uh, it follows the relationship between Marianne and Heloise over the course of the few days as uh, Marianne has to make a portrait. And the interesting part about this is that Heloise cannot know that Marianne is there to paint a portrait of her because she does not want to get married to this uh, Italian royal or, yeah, I think it's an Italian royal who is uh, supposed to be the match. And uh, she is also, before this, uh, already rejected a male painter who showed up to do the portrait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, because she is not allowed to sort of sit her down and make her pose for the portrait, Marianne has to sort of steal glances and make small observations about her movements, her mannerisms, and sort of work those into her painting, mm-hmm. uh, which she does at night. And uh, I think it happens over the course of like a fortnight or something, the whole movie. And yeah, it's 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 just very intimate, and I don't know, it it feels very free to me.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and I think a lot of it also comes from the fact that uh, Celine Skiyama, who is the director of uh, the movie, she uh, purposely did not sort of moved away from the patriarchy of the time. And she decided not to have a lot of male presence in the film, even though you hear about the male presence through mm-hmm. uh, female characters. Like you hear about the Italian uh nobleman who who's gonna be the suitor yeah exactly and 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 that's interesting in itself because you don't generally see that in movies especially of that time right you don't see uh a joint which is just focused on like two to, or like two to four women and just them going about their day and them doing uh, their thing and, and living their lives and uh
1: I don't think a man shows up in the movie until the very end, probably, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think towards the end there is that whole um, uh, orchestra performance. I believe some sort of an opera, and then then there is a also a a visit to the museum where one of Marianne's portraits is, is hung. Uh, it's a ga-
1: I- it's a art exhibit, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah, and then it's. Uh, Yeah, it's very different from any movie, any period drama that you might have seen.
1: It's also different from any, uh, say, mainstream attempts at uh, queer representation that you might have seen. Yeah,
0: it it doesn't. uh, So without giving much of the film away, and I would actually try to stay away from spoilers in this as much as possible, because I genuinely want people Mm -hmm. to like, watch it for themselves and then have that. At least I had a very visceral reaction to it. I want them to be able to experience that without us spoiling it and telling them what, what actually happens during the course of the movie. But without giving much away, there is a uh, a romantic entanglement between Marianne and Heloise. Uh, it starts off by uh, Marianne just, you know, getting into her good graces and then becoming a...
1: She's sort of brought to uh, the villa as her walking companion.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't. I mean, I don't know what that means, but I guess yeah. So <laughs> she she's she's brought to the villa. She gets into her good graces. Um, they do form a connection, and then then it, you know, grows from there, and then they do end up liking each other. And this is important because Eloise herself is a very, in this melancholic, like you know drawn back character she doesn't really uh, talk to anyone and everyone even the she's she's borderline ag i would say oh yeah yeah for for sure yeah but but i think she has a good reason um I th- uh, the uh she had a sister who committed suicide right which is yeah it is suicide. it is
1: very strongly implied that uh, yeah. when uh, at one point in the movie when heloise and marianne are out on their walks mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it's heavily implied that uh, Louise's uh, older sister, who was also supposed to be married off, uh, mm-hmm. sort of uh, took her own life yeah. because she did not, uh, most likely because she did not want to live that kind of a life.
0: Yeah, yeah, which 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 makes sense. And then I think the first one of the first sequences when they meet each other is her on top of that cliff, and you know I, I would be shitting bricks. And I think Ma- Marianne's character is also very stressed as to what is going to happen, but nothing really. You know, there's there's no. Uh, fall off the cliff it's everything is now sort of normal they do end up talking uh, exchanging maybe a couple of sentences here and there Uh, Mm -hmm. there is also I also want to talk a little bit about the housekeeper that they Mm -hmm. have uh, Sophie and Mm -hmm. then her inclusion in the movie and uh, her story of how you know she goes through a difficult period in her life and she has these two women and I uh, who, who are able to, you know, guide her through it and also mm-hmm. help her through that process. I'm not going to talk about what happens. I think viewers uh, or rather listeners should, you know, watch it for themselves. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's really beautiful as to how they can, they, they come together and uh, just as a community of, of uh, strong women just supporting each other, mm-hmm. uh, especially for, for some, for, for a period drama. It's, I mean, it's unheard of. I haven't seen such a powerful representation of, I guess, just the female gaze or the female, um, you know, psyche in a, in a very, very long time. Uh, And then I think another thing I want to quickly hop on is um, the fact that, uh, and I think Celine Skiyama also talks about this. Uh, She says that, uh, you know, we talk about art and we talk about muses and generally uh, muses are sort of, have a very reductive flavor to them. Like, it's just this, you know, pretty mm-hmm. face and then, you know, nothing more about the subject.
1: Yeah. It's just sort of, you extract the art that's and then it, yeah. that's, that's it. That is yeah, the end yeah. of the relationship. And then, and
0: then, and I think she wanted to, you know, flip that uh, on its head as well a little bit and then actually, mm-hmm. you know, tell us that, okay, Heloise as a, was sure, maybe a muse for Marianne, but she was also much more to her. And just as a human being, give us like mm-hmm. a three-dimensional character of her and then connect with her uh, what which which we which people don't generally do when when we look at old uh, old portraits and old paintings we don't it's, it's just the muse artist relation is is very apparent and even us as mm-hmm. viewers we don't really get to know the story behind it so it was interesting the way she directed that aspect of the movie as well
1: it's very interesting that you mentioned that because especially given how long these portraits must have taken mm-hmm. yeah we don't really understand the context behind a lot of these things.
0: Yeah, that's true. And and to me, uh, I, I think we've talked about this uh, outside of this, uh, you know, podcast as well. That that it, it does bear some resemblance to to uh, blue is the warmest color. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think you have watched that. A while ago, right? Like, mm-hmm. what sort of similarities did you find between something that was set in a, a similar story, I would say, set in a much more contemporary period versus um, this period drama?
1: I'll just talk about uh, the sort of gaze that looked at the stories in very broad terms. And mm. uh, for Blue is the Warmest Color, it didn't leave me with a Sort of uh, warm feeling that uh, this movie left me with. It it mm-hmm. it felt almost uh, crude in some ways. Uh, the representation yeah. of the relationship between the main leads, whereas mm-hmm. uh, and it felt very much uh, sort of like it was serving the male gaze. And yeah, yeah. Um, whereas in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, it actually felt very wholesome to me. Like their their relationship was at the end of the movie my heart was full and uh, i i just came out of that experience feeling yeah that that i i can see why uh, everyone was so stri- struck by the movie
0: yeah yeah especially the ending like it, <laughs> i was almost crying uh, it, it was uh... it's it's a it's a pretty heartbreaking
1: ending but uh... Given the events of the movie, it, it sort of checks out.
0: Yep, yep, and and it's it's uh one one of the one of the scenes from the movie that really stuck with me was that, which which actually uh, is very central to the title of the movie, "Portrait of a Lady on Fire," um, is is when they go outside and then there's this uh, gathering of women, right, and they're just uh, singing some folk song, I believe, mm-hmm. and then the the end of uh, of uh, Heloise's gown catches fire, mm-hmm. and that sort of becomes an image inside Marianne's head, and that inspires her to actually paint mm-hmm. her in the, you know, and capture what she was seeing immediately, and then that to me was such a nice uh, thing to watch because you just had, you you had seen something uh, sort of uh, terrible happen to Sophie. Mm-hmm. Um, or something terrible that was going to happen to Sophie, and then suddenly you just had this community of women just, like, you know, making their own merry, sort of, like, they didn't really Exactly, yeah. They didn't really need any male presence to, like, have fun or, like, you know, I I don't know, because generally when you look at period dramas, you have uh, these uh, lengthy ballroom sequences where a man has to ask a woman out and then they'll go out in court. And then the
1: whole prince and princess situation.
0: Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's too much really. Mm -hmm. And and it was nice to, uh, and I'm sure women had a life of their own at that point, which is just that directors don't represent it as such. And it was nice to see it here for the first time, because this is what happens when, when uh...
1: women directors.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah i I think Celineskiyama is is uh by the virtue of being a woman was also able to you know bring to light what women characters must have gone through at that at that time in history
1: um, I have a couple of other things to talk about uh, with regard to the movie. Mm-hmm. The first thing is especially uh the short compositions so it's uh The movie is called Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and uh, you can tell by a lot of the shots in the movie, they're all framed very, very cinematically. It's like you're looking at a painting a lot of the time in the movie, and even while the characters are moving, each shot of the movie looks like, if you took a screenshot here, it would be perfectly fine as a painting on its own. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it. It reminds me almost of like uh, Space Odyssey two thousand one. Oh yeah. Like yeah. It the that's the biggest sort of compliment I can give to the. That's movie sort place. of the
1: benchmark for uh, these kind of screenshot uh, painting movies. Which yeah. reminds me, yeah. uh, do you remember that channel on YouTube? Uh, every every frame a portrait, or it was something like that, yeah, right?
0: Yep. 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 Yeah, I do. I do.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like the, they would have had a great time making a video on this movie. Sadly, they are no longer a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, they, they would have. It, it's one of those movies. And uh, it it also does remind me of this uh, film I think I had watched in 2019, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Desert Hearts. Um, I I I have a subscription to Criterion at this point, and I was using it at some point in in history, but now it's I just pay money and don't really use it anymore. I think just I use
1: it more kind of... than you do at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: back when I did uh pay for it and use it, I did watch this movie, and and it it is also uh women um centered you know, drama. Mm-hmm. It is also about two women falling in love. It is also directed by a woman director. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it fits in very closely in the universe of something like Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's not the same. It's much more contemporary. It has this, uh, I think, a literature professor who is undergoing a divorce. She travels to this other city. I think she has to file some paperwork there. And uh, she ends up meeting this... Uh, almost tomboyish, carefree uh, woman on, on the mm-hmm. farm or the place where, the, where she's staying. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the her discovery of uh, being attracted to the same gender is not really the focus of the movie. Um, but it's still quite natural in its progression. And I was actually reading up about it a little bit before we started talking about portrait of a lady and and I was quite disappointed at that point mm-hmm. uh, that Roger Deppert uh, had decided to just call it like a yeah it's it's a lesbian love story or whatever like it, it just doesn't work he it
1: sounds again very redacted. exactly
0: yeah and then he's like oh there's a sex scene and that's pretty much you know it, it that's it right like and, and he wasn't it seems so myopic in its in its like critique that okay. I wonder if he was actually reviewing Portrait, what he would have said. Um, yeah, I don't know, but but it's an interesting movie, and if uh, if and when people do watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire, I do recommend you check out. If if you don't have a Criterion subscription, don't worry, just there are other ways to do it. I'm not going to say what they are, <laughs> but uh, you can watch Desert Hearts. Yeah, it's it's a good one. <sighs>
1: yeah it's... yeah there are other ways to yep. watch these and uh, yeah which uh brings me to the last thing i had thought of for uh for mm-hmm. this movie so um you know the bagdale test right Akshansh?
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah so uh, for listeners who might not be aware the bagdale test is basically a measure of uh, the representation of women in fiction so it basically asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. And uh, <laughs> I like another how requirement that... is that uh, both the women must be named. Yeah, and I like how that's it's not a essential, re- but it's sometimes.
0: There. And I like how that's a requirement. Like you need to tell people <laughs> that please don't let two women talk about a man all the time. And that's not how movies are, and that's not how women are.
1: <laughs> and it is surprisingly common. Yeah, and that's. Yeah. That's basically why I wanted to bring this up, uh, to bring it to the attention of our listeners.
0: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Yeah. Speaking of you know other fun movies and, and other I, I would say critically acclaimed movies that we have watched and you know off late, I do want to briefly, very briefly, hop on the uh, Oscar nominations for for this, uh, or rather, the last year, uh, the pandemic year. The year, we, the year we do not speak of. The year we do not speak of. So, yeah, let, let's start with you. What, what did you feel about the Oscar nominations?
1: I thought they were a step in the right direction, especially, uh, mm-hmm. especially with the, what we saw at the prior year's nominations and uh, the Best Picture win for Parasite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it's... Some people may feel like it's pandering, but I personally don't see it that way. I see it as... Uh, again a step at course correcting and uh, basically trying yeah
0: yeah i agree i absolutely agree like it it might seem like they're just panning to the um, what so-called quote-unquote minority audiences or people who just view indie cinema or whatever the hell they call it but it, it is definitely building on the pattern of uh, you know acknowledging movies like parasite acknowledging movies like uh you know, Matland, acknowledging movies like maybe even uh, uh, minari right mm-hmm. and uh, it's important that they get to a point where they do that like if if during that process it seems like they are just pandering honestly i think i'm okay with it <laughs> because at the end of the day you do have like your first asian american being nominated for best actor you you do have a uh english uh so uk based uh muslim right uh enough, yeah yeah, uh, as 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 a nomination as nom- as someone who's nominated for best actor, and you have two women directors who, who have been nominated for the first time. One of them being an uh, a of, of Asian descent. Like it's it's amazing. Like th- this mm-hmm. this is the sort of stuff that people talk about when when they talk about representation because it's important for us and for others to see that okay, it's possible for people like us to be at that point in life, right? Like to to be there. And we can get there because others got there before us, and they were like us.
1: Yeah, of course it's 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 always about sort of like uh, standing on the so- shoulders of giants, as they say. Yeah. And yeah, breaking breaking the glass ceiling and whatnot.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, we will be talking about some of the Oscar movies and some of the some of the movies that were Oscar worthy and did not get nominated, uh, pretty mm-hmm. soon. So, yeah, we're, we're, we'll be covering that soon. Um, any final words, Ame, before we call it an episode?
1: Final words, I would say to everyone who hasn't watched this movie, please go check it out, which I assume will be a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I I, I would too. Yeah, we don't mean to sound pretentious, but it's just that this has flown under the radar.
1: We do believe it deserves a wider audience. Yeah,
0: please do check it out. I, I, I When I had watched it, I believe it was on Hulu. You guys might want to recheck if it is still on Hulu we will be posting some sources if they are available um select from streaming sources if they are available uh, with the podcast uh, with the episode's information um, yeah um, do check it out it's again uh two thumbs up from both of us and is Rithik thumbs upping this too
1: I don't know I don't know if Rithik has watched this but I'm sure he would give three thumbs up for this again if he would have watched
0: it yep yep uh, so yeah there you go five oh well no. Wow, my math is really bad. Uh, seven thumbs. Seven
1: thumbs up from me, Akshant Shankarthik. <laughs> so please, yeah. please go check it out.